0: Welcome to the Nightmare Engine podcast with your hosts, horror authors, David Virgoots and Jay Bauer, where they discuss all things horror, books, movies, stories. Nothing is off limits. Nothing is safe. And neither are you.
1: Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Nightmare Engine podcast. My name's Dave Reduce, one of the co-hosts, and I'm here with my other co-hosts, uh, Jay Bauer. Jay, what are we doing here, man? Uh, we're riding this train to the very
0: bitter end.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I And I will say, it's looking more so like that every day. Yeah. But luckily, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're not going to talk about politics or you know, real horror, we're gonna talk about fictional horror, we're gonna talk about craft, maybe some movies and stuff. You know, maybe just what's going on for us that's kinda of spooky. I mean, even just me a couple minutes ago, I got some something funky with the audio on this and demons <laughs> roaring in the background.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's what a way to kick off the show, right? Demons in the headphones in, in the headphones.
1: Yeah. Yeah, right in my ear. High <laughs> high definition audio really put me in the mood.
0: <laughs> I mean, there's well, no better way to do it.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, this is cool. I like being here. I like, I like starting with these things. I like talking, just having casual conversation. Um, but Jay, I want to kind of focus on you a little bit tonight. You know, tell me a little bit, man, what kind of stuff do you write?
0: Yeah, right on, man. Well, um, so I write, um, I've got my different, my novels are all kind of a little different. You know, I go from the demonic to serial killer to just brutal blood guts and gore. You know, and then I got short stories that kind of run the gamut of things as well, from ghosts and, and, and demons again. You know, I like—I I, apparently I like that—that uh, that kind of a supernatural side of things. You know, but just kind of whatever I'm feeling at the moment. But I, I'm kind of all over the place. My readers don't always like that. They—they—they <laughs> they, uh, they prefer the paranormal stuff, the supernatural. They like the the demons and and things like that. They're they're not so much on the blood blood and gore, but you know. It is what it is.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, would you, do you think your writing is more paranormal, supernatural stuff versus, you know, hardcore, extreme horror, as some people might talk about, you know, the needless violence, the blood and guts, that sort of thing?
0: Oh, for sure. Um, Like, I've tried it, you know, it's like, it was cathartic. I had to get that out of my system, you know, and I've got that, a novel or two that are definitely more focused on the, the blood and guts and you know, it was fun to write. I had a blast doing it, man. It was, it was just the coolest thing. But in the end, uh, my, my particular readers, they're just not fans of it. And I don't write a lot of it in general, you know? So, um, I do lean more toward ghosts and the, those are, are demons, you know, those things that go bump in the night kind of stuff. You know, I, I, I kind of like writing that. Um, and I think I can get, get pretty effective, uh, writing that for my, my readers and, uh, they kind of enjoy that too. So,
1: do you think people can relate to that type of horror a little bit better than the extreme stuff?
0: Maybe, but it's not like we all see ghosts every day, <laughs> you know. It's not like we're all uh, sure. visiting with demons and stuff. But I, I think they like it. I don't know. The reality of a serial killer it might be a little too much for a lot of us because they're out there. You know, we we see it on the news. We see uh, the horrors that that they're committing, and um, it might be just a touch too real for some people and they you know a lot of people myself included you know when you read it's a lot of uh, escapism and sometimes you don't want to escape to something that really could be happening you know uh you know i don't know it depends on what your uh what your feeling is on demons and ghosts and and that type of thing because some people won't uh, refuse to believe that they exist others will but i do think they just have a better grasp of that, or the better acceptance of that, and and enjoy reading that better than some of the other stuff. But that's not everybody. Uh, there are some people that absolutely love the really brutal stuff, and it's got its place in time. And you know, I like reading it once in a while, uh, but I don't think I could do a steady diet of it. That's just just not for me, and it's not for a lot of people. And but it is for some. So
1: yeah, I'm taking a look at the the current mainstream market. I'm kind of seeing uh, two different uh, positions on the map. You see a lot of the extreme guys and you see a lot of the kind of light horror, you know, heading towards like paranormal suspense, that sort of thing. You know, we got kind of got some spooky elements. I mean, we see this a lot with, uh, you know, like haunted houses, which are very much on the, uh, you see a lot of the haunted house stories, even from people like Darcy Coates and Lee Mountford. They're kind of what I would consider a horror light. Either that or I'm just a, desensitized asshole and it's spooky and I just don't realize it. I mean, but but Jared, I I do believe that you have a confession to make about haunted houses that I think is really curious coming from a horror writer. So I'm gonna call you out. What's your deal with haunted houses?
0: Oh man. I'm a spot, episode one. So yeah, the the haunted houses, not like the, you know, actual houses that people consider haunted, but those the the Halloween style ones where you uh it's all made up and you know people are there to scare the hell out of you um i am scared of those things i won't go in man won't do it uh, my my wife's tried to uh, get me going I've, I've gone to a couple of them and it's like nope i don't want to do it I, I don't know maybe i've seen too many movies read too many books but they'll scare the hell out of me and i won't go with, I, I won't do it man just just won't.
1: <laughs> yeah. And there's there's I think there's a few movies that are on that premise where it's a haunted house that turns out to actually just be a nightmare in itself. You know, the uh,
2: mass murders inside
1: right. or it's possessed or whatever. There's always uh, the haunted house itself becomes the uh, the haunted thing to be afraid of when it's supposed to be just a, a playful thing we do in October, I guess.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, I'll write about it, but I won't I won't walk in. This is right. It's just not my thing. <laughs> which is hilarious. Jay, I, I do think it's funny, but yeah.
1: Jay, you ever written something in your own books that scared the hell out of you?
0: I
2: yeah. Why
1: you're, not while you're writing it. You know what I'm
2: yeah. saying? Yeah.
0: There's a couple of things I've written. It was a short story called the tiny piece of soul, which the same premise I kind of used for my novel soul lies. Uh, and it really, it bothered me because, and it, it's more body horror, more, um, you know, I, I don't like things to touch my eyes. I just, you know, I don't like anything near them. I wear glasses. I won't get contacts because that means touching my eyes, so I'm not going to do that. But in the short story, uh, there was a the character, uh, he was so disturbed and so just, just distraught about things, and he uh, cut out his own eyeball. as a way of trying to get rid of this, this sin that was creeping out of his eyes. And it just it made me just, I had to stop several times writing it because it just freaked me out. And then with Soul Eyes, the killer in the book, um, they take out the eyes of their victims, and so it's not self-inflicted, but still, several times writing that I had to stop because it just it really bothered me.
1: I mean, so that I mean, you seem pretty normal. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, that's even. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like to I like to meet a lot of horror writers, and and the reason I do that is because. I myself found this tribe of horror writers, uh, on accident. And in fact, thanks to you, but we can, we can talk about that later. But horror writers, they're, uh, some of the most normal writers you'll meet, which is kind of interesting. I think they're pretty in tune with their natural fears and inspirations for those fears. And so they're very good at communicating that and, and transferring it to a page so that somebody else can relate to it. And I think that's where real horror is, is where you relate with the characters, not so much the scenario they're seeing, but you can relate to the feelings that the characters are having.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you on that. I think it's funny because most horror authors they are not walking around wearing a T-shirt or something that says, like, I write horror or, you know, they, they're not dressed head to toe in black or some of them are. Some, you know, that's just because that's who they are personality wise. I don't, you know, you'll, you'd buy me in jeans and a t shirt or shorts and a t shirt pretty much most of the, most of the year or sweatshirt or something. Nothing, nothing too crazy. And, you know, I'm just, that's just me, you know. And I think a lot of horror authors are just super chill. They're, they're pretty laid back, you know, they're well adjusted human beings. And it's so funny because, uh, you know, my wife asked me all the time about that stuff. She's like, should I be worried, you know, because I, I write this kind of thing and, no, not at all. You know, it's, um, it's art. It's not the artist, it's the art, you know, and there's a big separation between those two. And I think for most authors, regardless of genre, I think there is that separation there, but, and it, it can be really surprising if the most normal, normal people, you know, they can write some of the darker stuff, but you know, I,
2: yeah. yeah,
0: it's just normal,
2: I think.
1: Yeah. I think that's, um, I think that's a revelation for a lot of people when we tell them that we're horror authors and they look at us and they talk to us for a little bit and we're not doing gloom all the time. We're not, um, you know, carrying around a, a a black Bible or something like that. And, (laughs) and, you know, covered in horrible scars, marks and tattoos. We're just, uh, normal people.
0: And there are some that are, and that's cool because they're, they're true to who they are. You know, they're true to themselves. And I got, I have no problem with that. That's just not me. You know, that's, um, and and I know you as well, and it's kind of not your, your style. And th- so there's room for all of us, really.
2: Yeah. So you and
1: I and I'm gonna speak in a weird tense here, but you and I just came back from twenty books Vegas. And I think uh, a lot of our listeners, I think a lot of people that we're gonna attract to this uh to this podcast, um, just for the down down to earth conversation, especially from a world perspective, from a couple of authors who are I mean, we're probably Low tier, heading on our way up to mid tier. I think I think with our output that we'll be heading into mid tier authordom pretty soon. We got some lofty goals that came from that from that <laughs> con- that convention. So, Jay, w- what's your word count like every day? What do you what are you shooting for, and what's what's the goal with it?
0: Yeah, so coming back from Twenty Books Vegas, I kind of did a real quick recap of what I wanted to do from this point to the end of twenty uh, two two thousand twenty two. And it's a ridiculous amount of books, <laughs> and breaking it down as a daily word count, uh, it's about about nine hundred thousand words was my estimate of all the books that I was gonna wanting to do, and the the word counts for the books and things. God, it's almost a million words, you know. <laughs> and so I broke it down to it twenty five hundred words per day every day from now until the end of two thousand twenty two. I I started off really strong the last couple of days. I haven't done that, uh, but I've also finished one of the projects I was working on and doing some revisions on it and, while I'm also outlining for a new project. So I'm kind of still involved in it, and I'll hit those word counts up again as soon as I get the outlining done, which will help me keep that production, the speed, and, and uh, uh, the quality of it uh, pretty strong moving forward.
1: Yeah, I think the consistency here is really what's going to – is where the output is important because my output for this year, my goal was 5,000 words a day, and I've kind of got a little bit of a different working situation now than I did earlier in the year where that's a little bit more possible now, but I really found myself being burnt out at 5,000. 5,000 was pushing it. I've dropped my word count down to about 3,000, but I've been putting a massive emphasis on consistency, and I found it has helped you know tremendously. I really do enjoy sitting down to write 3000 words which for anybody who wants to know 3000 words you know divided by what about 500 words a page or 250 words a page we're really not talking about big chunks of 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 time here we're talking about 3 4 hours you know and that, to me that's a worthy investment and you, for something that's going to be you know building us a future building us a career i mean intellectual property that sort of thing that's going to be here for a long time you know books are really curious curious things and in fact the author world itself is very curious uh there were two things that i noticed in uh at vegas and that was number one you could not find the horror authors we couldn't find them
2: yeah
0: they they were hiding
1: um, and then there were almost no horror authors on any kind of panel and so i mean what what's your take on the horror market as it is is it is it a dwindling market or is it just kind of uh, a smaller one that needs more attention? You know, some more mainstream stuff, some faster releases.
0: Yeah. And I've seen this conversation recently in some of the Facebook groups and, and social media about the question going around is, uh, are we in uh, the golden age of horror? You know, and some said yes, some said no. I think we're in an opportunity now where there are more Different kinds of horror that's able to hit the market because of indie publishing. You know, they don't have to kind of hit the main things that that some of the big trad houses want uh, to publish, um, and so you have a huge variety of different kinds of horror, different flavors, different shades of the gray. You know, you name it, um, it's it's out there, it's available, and I think that's an amazing thing. And you know, uh, what scares one person is not going to scare another person, or what one person finds kind of creepy and dark, others won't see that and so there's room for all of that at the table Uh, with that said i think a lot of horror authors uh and and i have a little bit of this in me too is you know we have we want to look at it as a literary thing as as my art you know and i get that i absolutely get that you know i i'd love to be (laughs) nominated for a stoker and and win a stoker award i you know that would be a really cool thing but i I think a lot of horror authors in particular kind of they have the opportunity to make money off of it, but I don't know if they see it. You know, I don't know if they kind of recognize it uh, of making it a marketable genre for them. But I think it's possible. I really do. But it's, you just got to look at it in a slightly different way. I think.
1: Yeah. And I think, um, I think there's something that's really tough in horror and that there's not always a happy ending, you know, even in things like dark fantasy or grim, dark fantasy, often you'll still have the sense that the hero has won something even though you know something bad has happened along the way even though you know all hell's broken loose and it's it's just terrible you still feel like there's a chance for the hero the chance for the story to continue with with horror it's very tough you find a lot of one-off a lot, a lot of one-offs you know a lot of standalone novels because writing a horror series is tough when everybody keeps dying um,
2: right
1: so i mean i I think we as horror authors need to kind of adopt other mindsets that other genres are currently using, you know, trying to figure out how to write in a series while still not being so emotionally taxing on our readers that they can't read the second and third book without a break. Because we, we want them to read, you know, we want them to go on to read the next book and the next book and the next book. And and I think you and I, we've kind of got um, a couple of test things that we're doing this following year. You know, there are they're lofty tests that might be they could completely flop right but but i mean two let's talk about your two current projects you got i think the one that uh, the let's talk about your uh your series of shorts uh, shorter novellas that you're talking about and then let's talk about your three uh book deal that you have uh <laughs> signed your way into let's talk about that because i think that's important too to know that um you know, we as horror authors, we, we can still get book deals, you know, we can still get, especially for this one, because this is, you know, just like we talked about, it's a series and that's important.
0: Yeah. Um, I'll start with that one first, cause that's the one I'm currently working on. Uh, but there's a, uh, a new imprint, um, that started off with Westerns and they shifted focus into adding a horror branch to their catalog and it's called Raven Tail publishing and, um, I had an idea for a story, it, again, it came off of a short story I wrote, and uh, I su- submitted a, a three-chapter sample and a synopsis, and that's all I had. <laughs> I didn't have anything else written, um, and, I, and I told them that when I had a conversation with them. But uh, So I ended up getting a three-book deal from them, uh, and it's going to be, uh, basically, the easy short answer, or the easy short um, hand to it is a, a Vampire in a Zombie Apocalypse. Pretty cool because, wow. yeah, you know, vampires need blood. And w- what do you do when all the blood is ruined because they're zombies? You know, um, how does he survive and, and how does that dynamic work with with the zombies and with humans? And like, you know, what do you do with humans? Do you want to eat them? Do you want to save them? What do you what's, you know, um, there's a lot of choices you have to make. So it's it's been pretty fun. And I've knocked out first one already. Um, the first draft of it. I got to do some revisions and outlining the second one. Uh, so that's kind of the first project, but then the next one, I'm going to do a five book series and I haven't really talked to you much about it since I've kind of drifted a little closer to what I think I'm going to finally do with this. Sure. So we'll, we'll just share it all right here. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, I called you out on it. so now Yeah, you, you have did. To tell no, that's
0: awesome. So it's, I'm looking at doing kind of like a haunted house style of se- uh, books, uh, five books. In my fictional town of Brownsville, Illinois, but it's going to follow. So there was a tornado that came through this area back in 1925, and it's called the Tri-State Tornado, deadliest tornado uh, on record. And it it went through and it wiped out this school that was like a couple blocks from where I used to live, and now it's just a park. But there was a school there, and I think I can't remember how many kids died at this school, and even through that the town. There's still about 20 people that were never accounted for. They they could never find them. And there was several hundred people died through this tornado. So the plan was to do this uh, series of five books following these houses built on this site where the school was. And each book followed one of the kids, one of the ghost victims, as they're making life terrible for the people that are living in this house. So it was that's kind of what I'm leaning toward for the project. I uh, want to do shorter books, novellas and kind of do a rapid release with them. Try to kind of test the market and, and see if that's going to be a viable option. See if I can do a series that way and see how readers respond to that. Yeah, that's, um,
1: and so, and I'm going to chime in only because I I know a little bit about the strategy. We've talked about this, the rapid release and you said testing the market. You're, five book series at about 30,000 a piece. You're looking at what 150 K. I mean, that's basically the yeah, investment 30, of two books,
0: 30,000 words. Yeah. Yeah.
1: 30,000 okay. words a piece. Uh, yeah. you're looking at the investment of, you know, time value investment of about two books, but you're going to give these shorter, complete, you know, complete stories of part of a larger universe, uh, over the course of X number of months or, or weeks while still, you know, having that time value investment of, you know, just basically two books, you know, because average, you know, we write a horror book, it could be anywhere between, you know, 50,000 to 100,000. It just depends. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think you and I talked about that too, is that starting to see a greater shift towards shorter books, shorter, more intense books, and in, especially in the indie market where there is, uh, where our focus is on ebook. So people are not really too concerned about the page count. If you've got a compelling story, a compelling blurb and a, and a, and an awesome cover, I think people want to read it. They're not really too concerned about the word count, but that is something that you kind of risk in your reviews, I think, is when people start commenting on a shorter book and they wish they had more, Right. but also at the same time, I think you're kind of fulfilling some promises by releasing, you know, another one and another one and another back to back. So I think there's, um I think there's a place where I think that people will forgive you for not giving them, you <laughs> know, super, super lengthy, verbose books full of flowery prose and I think that's great. I think because I think that's where we as in, you know indie horror authors, that's where we need to step in. That's where we need to start putting out some some content, some books. And nobody says it has to be bad, or nobody says it has to just be okay. These can be good books, but put them out with the intent to write more. Put them out with the intent to try and bring people into a series, you know, have them invested in our characters. I think that's where my major shift has been when I when I switched over when I was originally writing. So I started off in kind of dark fantasy, thinking that's where I wanted to be, but I grew up reading epic fantasy. I grew up reading Brandon Sanderson and uh and Lord of the Rings. I remember I read Lord of the Rings twice, which I didn't probably understand half the words in it when I was reading it back then in, in you know middle school and high school. But I read it twice. So but, then what you know,
0: what was your shift why why go from that to horror then?
1: Well, I I think it became I, I think I was teetering on the edge of horror almost the entire time my dark fantasy was very very dark but i missed a lot of the tropes it's a good book it's a good series i'm finishing it up this year you know i'm pretty motivated to to see it through and and, and it's it's kind of interesting because the books get better i can tell the writing gets better the tropes get better through the series but i i think my shift came when i realized i was man i said I've been teetering on the edge of horror. And you, you even told me that, I think, when in a discussion we had. You said, man, uh, you probably need to give horror a, a look. And so I even put it off. I put it off even further. Uh, so when you told me I should have looked into horror, I went and wrote a zombie apocalypse series. <laughs> well, yeah, talk um, about
0: that. How'd that go for you? Uh,
1: that was great. So that was a big science experiment for me. So I love business. I love the business of writing um ads and marketing. I, I love it almost as more than writing, I think. I love running my business. And so I did a rapid release right to market. I took in uh, a trope that had been overdone and blown up, you know, for you know, 100 years. People have been writing about zombies. So I took that trope that I knew very, very well and wrote shorter books in a fast and a shorter amount of time. I wrote little 50,000 word books. I made it very episodic. You know, big deal in the last couple of years has been uh, The Walking Dead. So I tried to imagine how would I put The Walking Dead, you know, into a into a series. And then I threw something, I threw a wild card in there that made it just completely different than everything else. And I guarantee there's not a zombie book out there right now where your main character is a powerful telekinetic. Guarantee (laughs) it. And it sounds weird when you talk about it, and it sounds weird to say it with the zombie apocalypse man, but it works, and it's and it's a blast to write. I wrote three books, and it's set up for more in the future if I decide to come back to it. But I think right now my real, my real love, my real pride and joy is is in horror. I took. That first reader magnet uh, peel that I offer on my website, I took that. That was actually a dark fantasy horror story that I wrote, the first story I ever wrote. I rewrote that thing, and it's a beast. It's a 15,000-word uh, romp through suburbia, I mean, grab you by the back of the neck and, and and make you watch something terrible. It is an awesome little story, and that's where my love of horror really set in and said, yeah, this is this is where you need to be. You know, I've mm-hmm. been watching horror movies all my life, man. I've been reading Stephen King and Coons since I was ten years old. Okay. You know, I probably probably explains a lot, to be honest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say, but you know, um, <laughs> no, that's cool. And I, you know, I think I think you discount the zombies from horror a little too quickly. I mean, they are I a do. part of horror. You know they uh, they belong. You know, they there's also post apocalyptic fiction. And it, they belong there, too. But I think, you know, I definitely think it's in the horror thing. So with that, because I know how that's gone for you, and I know your the quality of that. So, again, going back to our Vegas trip, coming back from it now, I know both of us have just been really psyched about what the future holds for us and what we want to do. You know, I talked about the three-book series I'm doing for the publisher. I'm talking about the five-book, shorter book series that I'm doing. So what are your plans coming up for this year?
1: Yeah, so uh, I'd like to finish off of that epic fantasy series I started writing. I'm going to finish that. That's just kind of something that I owe to a, a couple loyal fans who have followed me over from from dark fantasy and and now into horror. I've actually converted a lot of my newsletter. They came from dark fantasy and just fell in love with horror. And I think it's probably my particular horror that they were okay with because it was, you know, it was me, it was my writing, and right. they were okay with that. Um, My plans moving forward after that, I've got uh, a a pretty lofty project I have in mind. It's inspired by one of the things that that I'm actually afraid of. So now we get to talk about my uh, my fears that make no sense. Um, Yes. So I don't like uh, trains, uh, (laughs) locomotives. And this one I can completely blame on Stephen King. So I don't like the big trains, the big locomotives, the steam-powered ones, the coal-powered ones. I don't like them.
2: Man, I love
1: those Um, things. All right, cool, cool. uh, They scare the piss out of me. I don't know why, and I can't explain it, but I won't get on one. And uh, I remember reading the Dark Tower series uh, Mm -hmm. by Stephen King, and that's kind of a weird post-apocalyptic, kind of a weird dystopian, but also horror. It's, It's weird. Yeah. I remember reading one up until Eddie the Train. I don't remember what book that is, so somebody please let me know what book that is so I can make sure never to read it. But that was the one where the train—I think it was like a flying locomotive—and then it had like a glass floor or something crazy. If I—if I—I could be completely wrong on that one, but but that uh, scared the piss out of me, and so I stopped reading that series at that at Eddie the Train. So uh, Thomas um, the
0: Tank Engine was
1: was a no go for you, huh? Uh, no, no, <laughs> and in, in fact the, um, the the animation on that is is, is act- horrifying. If you go watch the, I think it's claymation. If you just actually watch it for a minute. That's nightmare fuel no
0: anyway, way, so dude, it, it I this... love that stuff that <laughs> goes what I, what I said earlier, like what scares one person does not scare another. you know there's so many variables involved in that, oh yeah
1: yeah and and um anyway, so i'm I'm waffling a little bit, but yeah, my future book series coming out um I had this idea. Uh first it started as a casino, but that's only because we you and I gambled and we sucked at it, so I wanted to uh at least use that experience for um right. for, for something. Um, right. so I figured I might as well turn it into a book and, and have it pay itself off. But no, I uh I came up with this idea, I said train station would be kinda cool. You know, and then so what if the train station is is bringing souls and these souls are just trying to figure things out. But in the meantime we're kind of meeting each character one by one. Um so It's not quite a viewpoint shift per book inside the book. It's a viewpoint shift per book. So we get a different character per book. Right. And So I'd imagine it in two phases, uh, probably five or six characters as they're arriving at the train station and we're learning about them. And then five or six characters, the same ones uh, later as we get either more of their backstory and, or um, or about how they're trying to work together to escape or or, or whatever. But the, the focus is going to be on this station and bringing these characters together, so it's going to be highly character-driven. But that's going to be a 10-book rapid-release series. Um, <laughs> the for no punishment. I, yes, but once I'm committed, I'm committed. So I, I think it'll be great because I can test out the first five books, just like you're doing, mm-hmm. before I commit to the other five. Based on the reception, because I can, I'll, by the time I'm ready to release the five, I'll have plenty of time to write more if the reception is good enough. Right. So that's kind of where I can make a shift if I need to say, hey, this didn't do what it was supposed to do. I missed something here. I missed some tropes or something. It's not getting the traction I need. I can back off and, and kind of abandon the project at the midway point, but still have a complete series of something
0: interesting. Right. Um, yeah. And and I'm looking, um, just to kind of interject a little bit. Uh, I'm doing five, but I'm leaving it somewhat open where I can continue to add to it. You know, again, just like you said, if uh, readers are really digging it, if, it uh, if it's got a lot of traction, it'll be a complete arc within those five, but it'll be left open enough that I can keep going with it.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think the important thing is with with this type of books, we we are writing what we want to write, but at the same time. We're making sure we're hitting those tropes. We're making sure that we're delivering the product to the market that the reader wants. Um, so we have to kind of look at what the overall story type is. You know, do we have a hero's journey? Um, do we have the underdog story? Like, do we have you know what type of themes do we see present? You know, so we have to be really cognizant of those. And I think if we do that, you know, actually let me backtrack. I think a lot of authors they write what they want to to write, and instead keeping in mind what the you know this is tough love here but they don't write what the necessarily what the audience wants to read i i think that's a a sticky point you know we're, we need to make sure we're delivering what they want but trying to find the happy medium where we're happy where we can write what we want you know because nobody wants to write
0: stuff they don't want to write right yeah um and uh, i agree with you on that i think a lot of authors you know they look at it for art's sake and that's cool you know if that's if that's what you're Goal is then have at it, you know, um, do it the best you can and enjoy it and have fun with it. But if your goal is a little different, you know, if your goal is to replace your job with your writing, you know, if your goal is to uh, pay the bills with your writing, if your goal is to get out of debt with your writing, you know, then you do have to make a little bit of different choices. And it's not compromising you as an artist, but it's you making more informed decisions before you go into a project so that. You know, I've seen the Venn diagram of the things that you like to write, and the things that readers like to read, you know, and then it's that section in the middle where they combine and that's where you want to meet them at. And, you know, and I've had a, a lot of tough talks with myself about what I'm doing. And, you know, one of the things that I, I have to keep considering is the stuff I write meant to be read, right? Not by me. I'm writing it. It's not meant to be read by me. It's meant to be read by somebody else. You know, that's the whole point of writing is you want somebody else to read it. And I I don't care how closely I'm invested in it, how much I absolutely love it. You know, some a couple of my books, I absolutely love them. My readers don't have that same feeling towards it, which means I missed the mark for the reader. I, I nailed it for me. That's cool. But I'm not buying my books, you know, I'm not the one that's going to do that. I And so I've had this talk with myself a lot lately of, you know, what am I doing it for? I'm doing it because I love doing it. I I love crafting stories, but craft stories for other people to read them. And if they're not reading them, it means I'm missing the mark on something.
1: Yeah. And, and that type of forethought is is investing in our business. And so I'm a, and I think that's important. I mean, none of us. None of us want to put our heart and soul into a book and and then sit there and say, man, uh, I, I wrote a really good book for myself. I put a nice cover on it and then sit back and wonder, man, this didn't sell. What the heck? You know, the readers must be screwed up. And I don't think uh, this is the business where you can stand up and say the customer, the reader is wrong. I, I don't <laughs> right. think the reader can be wrong. This, just like any other business, this, the customer is always right. Um, and that's just good practice. That's just good practice if you're looking at making this into a business. Now and and the same thing goes for any kind of literary stuff. If you want to write literary horror, I mean, I, I can't guarantee that it's going to end up being a long lucrative career of writing literary horror. You know, one book, two books a year. I think that's a, kind of a struggle. And there are authors who are doing very very well, making you know, writing one book a year. We're spending you know a lot of their lifeblood and putting you know putting the effort into to a single book and and just and hoping and praying when it's time to release it, but. Uh, I think you'll find there are more authors who are putting out more content. We're putting out more books and and they have a little bit easier time getting traction than those who put out, you know, who put out less books. So I think we have to find a happy medium. Just like you said, we have to have a, have a happy medium on the uh, literary versus kind of mainstream horror topics. We have to have the happy medium versus the, uh, the market that what, what they want versus what we want to write. And I think we have to find a balance and, I think just taking the couple extra, you know, minutes to read up on a few of the books that you might want to emulate, you know, for for their market to find out where you might be able to slip in, to be able to analyze the charts. I think taking those few extra minutes are, are something that you and I both kind of lack. Uh, last year, we were in kind of a mad word count dash to put out books, and we really didn't think about the market. And I think that's really where things are going to change this year for for you and I both, because we are reading more in the genre. That's important. We are analyzing the books that are doing very well and wondering why they're doing well. And then we're looking at things that readers are expecting and how to deliver that thing but in our own voice. And so I think that your haunted house story is going to be uh excellent. I think it's gonna be great. Because you know what goes into a haunted house story and you're expecting to give that thing with your own flair. If you go off a different direction on it, then it's a risky take. You know, it's very risky.
0: Right. And, and, you know, I, I do want to keep reiterating, like, I agree with what you're saying about, um, doing that research and getting ahead of time. Cause I, you know, you and I both have similar goals of what we want our writing to be, right. There's still a lot of, um, other authors that that's not their goal. They want to write what they want to write and they want to be, you know, they want to craft these super original very different types of stories and that's awesome that's great we need that but you also have to go to that with the expectation that it may not sell you know readers just might not pick it up because it's it's just a little too different for them sometimes that little different is exactly what they want and it just catches fire and you know it's the the next big hit and that's cool but i don't think for me that's that um those odds don't work for me i want to set those odds a little better in my favor um, for success so that I can deliver better books to, to my readers by keeping in mind that they're the customer. I mean, it, it, you got to look at it that way because they're going to consume these books. I'm not reading them. I, I said earlier, they're going to. And it's just, it, it, you know, we hear it all the time in our, uh, you know, in 20 books about your, what's your mountain, you know? And if your mountain is just to right really weird off, offbeat kind of stuff cool i'll read it but if it's you want to make a living with it, or you want to do catch the market with what you're doing or whatever it is you know like that's awesome you know go for it there's just so many different opportunities and different ways to to be successful and whatever your definition of success is
1: yeah and this is the um this is by far one of the nicest communities that we could possibly be in i think you and I, Jay, we're we're both just thankful to be uh, a part of these groups. Uh, so, well, I'm gonna leave. Um, I'm gonna leave off this episode with this. Next year, uh, Jay and I are happy to uh, be uh, spearheading an anthology from the horror writers genre meetup from the 2021 Vegas trip. Um, so we've got. Uh, I think our sign up right now is we had 12 uh, horror authors or authors that want to be horror writers that we are going to be uh, sponsoring into our anthology. They'll be paid for their work, and we're going to hold their hand each step of the way. Some of them have a few stories out, but most of them are pretty pretty new. So we're happy to spearhead that and really start bringing some more uh, light to the horror genre moving forward in 20 books and moving forward in in the indie publishing world. So uh, my name is Dave Burguts. Uh You can find me at davidvirgoots.com and search my name on Amazon for any of my books. Uh, Jay, where can people find you?
0: Yeah. So it's, uh, my name is Jay Bauer. My website's Jaybauerauthor.com. Uh Again, you can look up Jay Bauer on Amazon, but be careful of Jay Bowers with an S. There's some books about eating paleo or something like that. And that, that's not me. <laughs> that, those aren't mine.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, Jay, thanks for joining me today. Uh, thank you, everybody, uh, for listening. Uh, please uh, like, subscribe, whatever the hell you do with podcasts. And until next week, uh, we're signing off. This is the Nightmare Engine Podcast.
0: Thanks for listening to the Nightmare Engine Podcast with your hosts, horror authors David Virguts and Jay Bauer, where nothing is off-limits, nothing is safe,
2: and neither are you.